fucking good to go. Um, so yeah, fucking introduction. I don't really do that. I don't roll like that. Um, how is New York City? By the way, hold up. Time out. Quick fucking time out. Ladies and gentlemen, Kai, the dope musician who's about to fucking blow up, and the manager. Right. So introduce yourself. Theron Sarda. Theron, let's just start there. When did you get involved with this guy? When I was born. When you what? When I was born. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. You guys, like, related, or? Uh, he's my we are. Shit, actually, sorry. I need to take this. I'm super sorry. Mr. Manager <laughs> guy. <laughs> he's a run out. Uh, yeah, he's the best. So He seems like a good dude. Yeah. No, so we've been, I mean, family forever. Word. <laughs> uh, he's five years older than me, and so we kind of, like, we grew up, like, together on family vacations all the time. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, since I started making music, because I could be like, please, dude. Just fucking okay, <laughs> um, Since I started making music, he has always like been the biggest supporter. And, yeah. and he's he also started making music at the same time as me. I should probably wait for him. Well, let's talk about something else right now. Okay, we can, we can, we this can is something we need to talk, talk about, about some other shit um, in the meantime. I know I was watching some previous interviews of yours on YouTube, and I know that you started playing instruments at like three, just like, mm -hmm. but I feel like anytime any musician starts playing instruments at that age, it's just, it's one thing. And then, did you say you fell in love with music later on? Like, I, I think. Say so, yeah. So, <clears throat> I started playing music when I was three um, because my brother was playing the violin, mm -hmm. and. He started when he was like five, he's two years older than me. So yeah. he started playing that, and then I think I was like, I wanted to play. My parents were like, okay, choose the instrument. And I was like, piano. So At three? Like, you said piano? Yeah, well, I, I really probably just pointed. Right. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I chose the piano. So I've been taking uh, lessons with this really nice dude named Cheng Feng. He was like teaching me like little. Like, Swag-ass name the guy's got. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, the three-note jams, and then I started doing classical music. Um, then I turned 10, and I, like, learned about other types of music. Obviously, I didn't live under a rock, so, like, I was listening to other shit. And then I realized I wanted to, like, learn the other stuff, so I started... What was the other stuff? Bob Marley, Jimi Hendrix. Damn. The Beatles. Damn. And then, like, also, like... Justin Timberlake, like, I don't know, I was 10, so what was that, 10, 11 years I'm ago. guessing, like, Bob Marley, Jimi Hendrix was from the parents, and Justin Timberlake was from being 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. So I switched over to drums. Uh, I stopped playing piano for a little bit, and I started just, like, learning funk, reggae, jazz. Joined a couple jazz bands at school and outside of school with some homies. Dope. Joined, like, a... Uh, Shit, I, I had like a band where we played mostly like Green Day and uh, fucking U2. <laughs> like, Damn, so like, was, did you ever have like a punk sound to you? Like as a... I mean, I played with my two homies who are both guitarists and we like sort of... My homie Calvin and my homie Daniel. And we... we would just like fuck around in my music room. I had a drum set. They'd bring their guitars over. I'd be just smash on that yeah. shit. Yeah. This is like what age? Probably like 11, 12. Dope. And then 
when I turned like 13 or 14, I discovered the steel drum. Um, Which is a fucking vibe. That's It's vibe, something, dude. man. Yeah, I don't think is. I know any other person who like plays the steel, at least just from watching you play it on Instagram. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I know another person who can do that. So <laughs> that's dope. Um, yeah, no, I, I picked that up. My dad's 50th birthday party. Uh, he had a Calypso band there. And yeah, there's a steel drummer, and I heard it like from my room. I was yeah. like 14, so I was chilling up there. Like, what what ethnicity is your dad? My dad is German, so he's white. Okay, my well. mom is Filipino. Okay, so that's cool. where I get my ethnicity from. That's <laughs> where you get your vibe. Yeah, that's where <laughs> I'm about that. I feel you. Um, no, so they had this Calypso band. I heard the steel drum from my room. I was like, yo, I need to like learn that shit. So I went down and talked to the dude PJ. And he um, basically told my dad, like, yo, he taught me, like, some scales that night and then told my dad, like, yo, like, I'll teach him, like, I'll, I'll get him a steel drum from Trinidad. We can start working in, like, a couple weeks. That's um, sick. Yeah, let's do it. You so, just fell in love with it off rip? Like, just yeah, something like, about the night, sound? I was like, well, because I've done piano and drums. And right. I was, like, low-key getting bored of drums because I wanted to hit melodies again. Yeah. And, like, really, like... I think my whole like music career was going towards writing songs yeah. instead of just like playing instruments. But it took a while to like realize that. So we said. Do you guys have some serious business you had to fucking flip around? We're just doing a little event tomorrow. You can speak about it. Yeah. But uh, try yeah. to make some money for a good cause. Oh yeah. We're doing a little fundraiser Times Square tomorrow at like three. Ooh. With uh, we just dropped that music video Trustfall. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Fucking unreal. Yeah. Big a, big fan. The homie Polly in it. Um, He's a break dancer. Yeah. And we're going to meet up with him. I'm going to play some steel drums. He's going to do some break dancing. Damn, that's going to be sick. Mm-hmm. It's going to yeah. be super dope. All the money we raise is going to go to DMF, DMF Youth. DMF Youth. Yeah. DMF Youth. Yeah. This uh, really dope, like, I think it stands for Dance, Motivation, motivation and Fitness. Yes. It's like really dope. Um, Based in the Bronx, or because the video talks about Polly's from the Polly's Bronx. From the Bronx. I don't know if they are based in the Bronx. Um, I'm I'm actually not positive, but it is focused at just helping at-risk youth, just yeah, channel their energy into that's the arts. That's super cool. And, and that's super cool. I'm all about that type of shit. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Um, how did you get to know all the people in that in that video? Because there are some unique characters in that video from all yeah. across America. Honestly, like, we thought of the idea and started just looking for people. And That's they lit. ended up just, like, popping up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... We had to cut one guy, unfortunately. We, yeah, we, we had filmed a whole other fourth guy who, uh... What's that in the taco place here? He has uh, a taco place in Chelsea Market, actually. Oh, it was, uh... Los, Los Tacos, number one. I've been here for two and a half months and I'm not <laughs> up with it. Yeah, yeah, a place in LA too called 1980s uh, Tacos 1986. Yeah, LA. really inspiring story yeah. also, but just didn't have enough time. Just video, timing, timing issues. I mean, you guys definitely explore each character like super in depth. So yeah. to cut anything, I get like what had to be done, had to be balance. Balanced. Yeah, I was gonna say too in relation to that, like that's what I really first heard and be like, damn, this Kai guy's sick. Mm-hmm. But then I got into your older shit. And I noticed that, like, Trustfall has this, I mean, obviously there's so much meaning to it. It's so, like, powerful. It's so deep. 
and Pink Tree Paradise is the vibe. Like I was playing it for my roommate, and just definitely, definitely some good vibes. Yeah, different vibe. But yeah, it is a different vibe. And I was gonna, in terms of Pink Tree Paradise, I would say it's much more like it's something you want to smoke a J and drink a Corona in your bathing suit on the beach too yeah. type of shit. Yeah, definitely. And Trust Fall is much more like you play it for your dad, and he will cry to it. You yeah. know what I mean? I'll do that. Um, but in terms, <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> Um, but in terms of like the future, like what you have, what you're, I'm sure you're working on stuff. I'm sure you have a plan for what you're releasing. Like, mm -hmm. are you sort of making a shift as an artist or what do you, yeah, speak so. on that. I say like that whole Pinchy Paradise vibe was just me and like freshman year of college kind of trying to figure my shit out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Partying. Like, you know, doing the whole college thing. Killing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, not not really that many cares. Not much um, other shit going on. But then this new stuff is, like, more real world. I think it is more relatable to a, a bigger amount of people. Mm -hmm. Totally. I, I think so. I think. Well, but Pink Tree Paradise, I don't mean, like, downplay it. Like, it's unreal. Like, that vibe is, is dope. But... And I feel like if you were to completely disavow that, it wouldn't be too fun. Like, you know, like there's a lot of fun to that sound. So yeah. I, I, would, I would hope that you would oh, keep sure. that yeah, like yeah. fun, positive, like exciting energy. Because Trustful, I wouldn't say is super like exciting as yeah. much as it is like powerful. powerful, heartfelt. Yeah, that's a song we want people listening to kind of when they're by themselves or when they're just like listening on their phone or something, walking yeah. around and just really feel the lyrics yeah. but some, there'll definitely be uh, some, some fun stuff, stuff in the works yeah, yeah. some super fun vibes super fun yeah. jams uh, yeah that's that's dope yeah. you were before you you left he was talking about how you guys are, are related yes we are we're cousins i told him the that we should talk about something else because I wanted you. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted you. Yeah, you, you were talking about something. I don't remember. You were like getting into some interesting things. I got to the point. So I said that we grew up together. Yeah. Um, like we're family. And then we started. I stopped that when we started producing music together. We did. We started producing music together. Let's see. It's like almost nine years ago. That was like. I was like. 2010. I was like 13. So. Yeah, like eight, nine years ago. Eight, yeah, maybe eight years ago. Uh, but yeah, we both downloaded Logic. We like, I don't even remember who exactly like had inspired it, but we were just like, should we? I think start it was making, like we got to start making EDM. You were EDM was the first yeah, vibe. Yeah. Like that was the first thing you guys listened <laughs> so to. Trash EDM. That's <laughs> hilarious. I remember what happened was you were going. We were both like in a heavy like Avicii phase. Yeah. Ooh. I feel like our generation, everybody who was into music had a little bit of like... Because levels had just come out. Yeah. So Game that, over. That like. had inspired you to start doing that shit. And at the same time, like, we met, like, we first talked about this on, like, a family vacation, like, yeah. that December or something. And, like, the three months leading up to it, we had both low-key, like, gotten into it. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my homie. You're saying like I, in your separate lives. In separate ways, yeah. Just like I had seen Avicii at Red Rocks with one of my buddies for the Global Dance Festival with Gareth Emery and Benny Benassi. That's, and that was just like... Yeah, like blown a, away. A pretty life-changing experience for me. And we got into producing music. I kind of had my own stint as a tropical house producer. Kind of caught the SoundCloud, mm -hmm. Trop House wave. Yeah. But uh, 
I ultimately ended up moving more to the business side of things, did some consulting in New York for a couple of years. He continued on to hone his sound. Kyrie is, I don't know if you said this, but he's like classically trained as a jazz musician. So he is actually like a very talented musician like yeah. myself. And so now we're just channeling it all into One big hitting it from two yeah. sides and just getting it done totally yeah always good to hit it from two sides always <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you were doing consulting in new york unrelated to music just like some other it was innovation consulting we were working with fortune 500 companies coming up with new products services mm. experiences to just help them make more money very cool and now you're managing him on the side or it's a managing him i have my hands on a couple things yeah a couple things that are investment related working with a couple startups out uh, i live in san francisco yeah um and so kind of just living at the intersection of music finance tech very cool very very cool what happens yeah Totally, man. It's it's good to have your, your hands in, in different pots. Yeah. And I think it's definitely good to have a teammate who's family trust. I think in the music world, there's so much of it is just at the end of the day, like a, a heartfelt trust you got to have in your team. Definitely. And it's probably hard to break yeah. it when there's like, you grew up together, going to family vacations, getting into music together. So yeah. that's dope. It sounds like the future's bright. So I'm excited to see what's next, 100%. Yeah. It's looking bright. It's it feeling is. Bright. Yeah. It feels bright, for sure, for sure. Um, I honestly didn't listen too much to Shades Part 1. Yeah, I love how you named that's it Part early. 1. That's early, yeah. <laughs> part 1. Is there part a 2 it, never dropped. Right. Is there a Part 2? Like, is that going to... Dude, that could be nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was the... I mean, you can speak to this. That was, like, the idea when Part 1 dropped, but... There was a Shades Part 2. And then I got caught up in the Pinchy Paradise wave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that kind of got left behind. But there was. We yeah. may make another one, may revive it. Who knows? Like that Wiz for Rolling Papers 2 that just like <laughs> took however many fucking years it took yeah, to like drop Rolling Papers 2. Uh -huh. You like that transition into the Wiz Khalifa because you have them on the, the video. Yeah. I have to ask uh, how, how that came about. I have to ask how that came about. Yeah, so. Uh, shit, it must have been two years ago now. Um, my old manager found him, like, way back in the day and got him a deal, but he didn't take that deal, but they still were on good terms. Wasn't so, the manager, you mean? Yeah. So then they didn't see each other for, like, five years or whatever, and he ran into him randomly and was like, yo, I have this new artist, like, can I bring him through the studio? So we went through and... Just chilled, walked in the room, and, and Wiz was smoking up with, like, there were, like, four people, like, four of his boys, and every single one of them was just, like, rolling, rolling, rolling. An assembly line. And like. there was, like, three girls, like, next to him, he was writing a rap, like, bumping his beat. He, like, went in, he didn't even say anything to us, like, he was just locked in. Mm. Went in, like, recorded, like, smoked up a joint, and then, like, laid down his verse, and then came out and was like, Yo, what's up? Who's trying to get high? <laughs> everyone in the room their own fucking king size. That's <laughs> nuts. And then that's absolutely nuts. Um, then we started just vibing, and I played him some music, and he played me some music. I think it was he played us like Rolling Papers too, like a year before it came out. That's bomb. So some of that shit was on there. Um, then what what were you playing him of yours? Uh, like early, early picture bands. Yeah, which is, did he fuck with it? I feel like he probably was a big fan of it. Yeah, he was fucking with it. I played him like some shades and then some early picture bands. Some like shit I was fucking with. He was fucking with it. He's vibing. Um, and then six months later, we had Easy. So we went back down. 
played it for him, and he was like, dude, let me get on this right now. <laughs> Sick. And then the next morning we had his verse. Super dope. And yeah. and do you still have like a friendly relationship with him? Is he he yeah. seems like such a down to earth guy. Like is he, really he is, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's that's relieving to hear. Like you don't wanna hear that the person you grew up listening to is no, an he's, asshole. He's yeah. a man, yeah. He's like very, very down to earth, very tall. Tall. <laughs> <laughs> do you do we know the official height on Liz Khalifa? I don't know it. He made you look short as hell in those pictures. Yeah, you guys, you were tall when you came through. I was like, oh shit, I didn't realize how tall this dude was. Yeah, he's like 6'4", isn't it? I would guess. 6'4", 6'5". Word. Yeah. Word. Unrelated, but how long have you been rocking the gold hoop earrings? That's a, I don't, that's a vibe, man. I don't know too many people who, who rock gold hoop earrings. Uh, you know who got me these was that girl Mars, who's in the video, the gymnast. She got oh, me yeah? Like three months ago. Very funny, very cool. Yeah, because I went, when we shot her part in the gym, that day I was like fucking around on like the gym equipment and I did a backflip into one of the pits, like the big foam pits, and I lost one of my earrings. Ooh. And she was like, oh shit, I gotta get you new ones. So yeah, yeah, that's funny. The next time we went up to shoot, she got me these. You live in LA now? And, but you're from Boston. Mm-hmm. You moved to LA to do music, or your family moved to LA? No, I moved to LA. They still live in Boston. You grew up in Boston. Yeah. When? How old were you when you moved from Boston to LA? Uh, I moved for school, so I went okay. to USC for one year. And then, and then dropped out and started being a rock star. Dropped out. Yep. Word. Did yeah, you go to leave of absence? He can go back anytime. He wants. Leave of absence. He can go back that in four L- years. Shot LOA. Yeah. I still get those uh, student discounts. On yeah, like, balling. Like Pro Tools and Ableton. <laughs> so clutch. <laughs> Which is very clutch. Balling. Um, yeah. Shit. What was I gonna say? Um, did you move to? Did you go to USC knowing that you wanted to be in LA for musical reasons? I go went to USC knowing I was gonna drop out for music. <laughs> I think I told my mom and dad I was like, I'm one. I'm only going to school if it's in LA for music, mm. and two, if I go to school for music in LA, I'm not gonna. There's no it. way I'm staying there for th- four years. I just knew myself and how much I just like dislike being in a uniform system like school. Word. Um, That's true. USC was the dream though for many years. I mean, wasn't it? The dream to like, because I knew, I, knew I couldn't just like jump out to LA by myself. I wasn't like ready for that, but I needed, I honestly thought I would stay in for two years and then like one year went by and I was just like, all right. Yeah. I had a couple of toys. And, yeah. Um, but no, I told my parents from like senior year of high school that that was going to happen so that when it happened, they were ready. <laughs> How old were you when you started being like, I'm a solo artist named Kai? Like, when did, how long ago did that start versus being a drummer that sounded like a Green Day so, motherfucker? The first, like, legit thing that I put music out on was called Paratics. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> no, it was Affect. First, dude. Oh, shit, it that's was right. It was Affect with my homie Daniel Dido. And then we D-Dub, changed it to Heretics. This is all in Boston, too? Yeah, this is like EDM shit. And then from like there, <laughs> I broke off from D-Dub. He went to D-Dub. And I turned to Tao. Tao. T-A-O with like a little arrow up. And I started releasing like flume music. 
Which is dope. Yeah. Yeah, very heavily. So you you were real into releasing EDM type music yourself. Yeah. So that was like that was probably like freshman year when I became Tao. Of of high school. Of high school. Okay. And then sophomore year, I started making more hip hop beats and I just got a mic for like other people to sing and then once I got the mic I just started messing around on it and then that summer of sophomore year of high school he f- he like went into my computer because he was he was also producing like we were doing so we were in Cape Cod or something we were in Cape Cod yeah. and he went through and found Rain which is like the first song I ever released and my voice on it and he was like, dude, you need to put this out like, tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Is that still up on SoundCloud? It's still up. I think I was like 100,000 plays. Right you now. had never done vocals before. You just started fucking around on the mic. You you bought so that other I, people I could really, get on your EDM. I really, you bought it to like, track shit, right? I bought it to track like Daniel and my homie Luis and like Rosie. Uh, just like my friend. That's so insane that it just, ended like, up being the beginning to like this. It was they great. Like, you can check it out. It, it still is. It's jam. That's unreal. Yeah. They were like, I think I recorded like two songs, and one was Rain, and and then I hid it away for six months, <laughs> and then he found it and he's like, put this out. Did you like, low key know? And was it you listened to it in your head? You're like, this is sick, but I don't know if the world's gonna fuck with it, and you just needed like a a boy to be like, bro, release this, or like, what was the situation like in your head? Did you think it was whack, or what did you think about it before you had a cosign? I don't even think I, like, thought about it. I just, like, I didn't even cross my mind that it was something I should release. You were just, do you think you're just naturally just a creative, like, you just are just always... I was always... just making the music to make the music, mm-hmm. and then I feel like that's still what I do. <laughs> yeah. And then I need someone like this to, like, <laughs> tell me what to do with it. Yeah, I feel like that's why this is, like, the standard in the industry, you know? Like, the artist is supposed to just be the artist, and then they need the business guy to be the business guy yeah it's hard to do both that's cool yeah would you would you define yourself as just like naturally creative yeah <laughs> i think there's definitely like business in me yeah for sure like i think like that too totally i mean you don't come across as like unintelligent or anything you know like you just you just seem like you have a very like artistic creative perspective on the world 100 percent. so definitely yeah, that Kai Kai's very no nonsense. So yeah. Whether it's like the music he's making or the way it's getting out there, if there's like kind of bullshit about it, he uh, he wants to house that immediately. Totally. That's that's super dope. Kai had the bullshit. <laughs> Are you guys the reason why you're in NYC is for that uh, event, or do you have other things lined up? We got a couple meetings. Um, Mostly meetings. Yeah. Yeah. That was just like, yeah. No, I don't want to pry too much on, on info, but... People who are interested in people who uh, <laughs> want to help us sure. push things forward in a big way. Sure. That's sick. Yeah. That's awesome. You deserve it. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Totally. I'm, I'm excited to look forward to your future. I'm looking forward to hearing what, what comes out next. Like, genuinely, like, as a fan, you know? So... Every fan counts, man. I was hearing that. Yeah. As someone who watches the numbers every day. (laughs) Facts, facts. Um, Damn, I should have prepared questions. I always normally just kind of like hang out and and chill. So just fucking... We got 
Lots of Jameson to drink. Yeah, yeah, facts. <laughs> facts. We got I'm, lots of stuff to say. Bro, at, <laughs> at some point I'm gonna have to dip out and grab more ice cubes because <laughs> sure. it's hot in here. <laughs> it's so damn hot in here. So good. Um, and you guys were in Boston before you were in NYC. I was down in Florida. Was in Boston. I was in Boston. Yeah. I had a few shows and like yeah, meetings with people out there. Very dope. Very dope. Yeah. And you were in Florida doing what? I'm from Florida, so out of curiosity. Yeah, my parents moved down there a couple of years ago, and so I was just home for Easter with uh, my sister and her fiance and my girlfriend, and so it's a nice time down there. Very cool. You said you had a manager before him. Um, but was it a matter of like you should just get a family member involved, or was it just kind of like. There was just a lot of things. So, my other manager, my old manager, Great guy. Amazing guy. Did incredible things. There are there are there are basically three three guys. Is is this yeah. management um, squad and yeah everything they do is amazing. Uh, they found me when I was eighteen, so they found me very early before. before SoundCloud me. DMs. Through SoundCloud yeah, they, DMs. They found me on SoundCloud and then and emailed me or and called email, me yeah. and then uh, we met when I went to LA and it, it worked out well for the first couple of years. Um, we got like a really, there was a, a couple years of artist development and I think by the end of it, I, my mind kind of like, I kind of grew into like the artist I was becoming mm-hmm. and they still had this other vision for me mm-hmm. and like as I grew this way, they still were thinking this way. I hear you. And you knew like what your seed was supposed to blossom into, like as an artist. Like yeah. they saw the artist seed and they were like, We gotta make it this type of plant and you were like, I know what the fuck I am and yeah. you just at some point and had we to were part both ways. Just very like I'm a very just I'm a stick to whatever I think is right, like you know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, <I mean. laughs> That's just how I am. And uh, and they're very like that too. So it it was it was a pretty amicable split up. But, mm-hmm. um, it was like a let's shake hands and call it a day and good luck to like both sides. Basically, yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, we we both respect each other, we both love each other, but it's just not the right fit. Totally. And yeah, and we kind of. Were you low key waiting on deck? Like I wasn't waiting on deck. I mean, I was just slowly getting more and more involved. The way I've always kind of tried to approach things for. Uh, his career as an artist is just trying to plug holes where I felt like stuff that maybe I thought should be getting done was getting done. Mm-hmm. And so now it's fun to be in a place where we're no longer, or I no longer feel like I'm trying to just keep the boat afloat, but we're actually tricking out the boat. Yeah, <laughs> you're just riding the waves. Plotting a, a good voyage. You're kind of <laughs> like, the, the hands are behind the head as the boat is just Full speed cruising a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. They're tight on the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's definitely awesome. Like I I see it progressing quickly, so it's it's definitely dope. Nice. Um the the management before was were you just alone and then they spotted you and they were like, hey, like come through. And well honestly like before I yeah, so I was doing my A&R, I was doing my management, everything just like by myself as yeah. a high school kid. I was heavily relying on him for like feedback and just help because he was also doing the same thing and, and he was older and had more experience in the business side. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so even before them, like he was someone I would like look to for help. And yeah. They came in and I still like the whole time was communicating with him with most of my decisions. Um, but I always like, I always kind of saw this eventually happening in some way or another. Like I don't, I didn't necessarily see my old managers like, um, becoming like getting out of the picture at any point. Um, but I definitely saw TJ becoming a, a bigger role in this. Um, so it's, it's pretty dope that we're fully in this. Now. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's very dope. Do you, this is random, but like, do you guys know like Myers-Briggs personality yeah. test? Do you know which one you are? Do you, do you, you don't know what that is? Myers-Briggs personality type? I don't know what that is, to be honest. Oh, I don't know. It's just this, like, it's hard to explain. I don't know exactly what I am. It, it rates you on four different spectrums. One of them is introvert, extrovert. One of them is thinker. Yeah, there's healer. like... One is... Uh, it just gets... There's I like... How do you take this test? There's like 16... 16 different types. Course, yeah. And each one is super like, oh, this one's extroverted intuition is the main cognitive function. And this one's like main cognitive function is extroverted feeling. And yeah. All this stuff. And in turn, like, as you were talking about how you are very like you know what's right internally for like how you want to progress your life it's like there's certain personality types that are super that type of way and i was wondering if because it's like a little bit of a vibe it's like people are getting into it on the internet so i didn't know if you guys were were up on that wave or not <laughs> uh i've taken it i don't know exactly what I am, yeah. it's interesting go back and hit it and see. i'm not i'm not super like zodiac sign type of guy but it's it's yeah. it's like a more scientific yep. zodiac if you will I'd recommend checking it out. I'd recommend seeing which one. It's just fun, bro. It's like fun to do it with your boys and just be like, oh shit. Or like. Yeah, it's important to also just reflect and get to know yourself a little better yeah, and yeah, like yeah. any tools that help do that. That's it's a great thing. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, and you're from Boston, moved to LA for music. Mm-hmm. And now you're doing a lot of yeah. Fuck those ice cubes. I'm gonna I'm gonna go get more. <laughs> I have a another one back there. Yeah, I feel like I, I mean, I just, getting them out is the problem here. <laughs> but you guys have been doing shows basically like where you've been based, or have you gone on, have you gone on a tour yet? <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> so I've been on three tours, um, all, all opening tours, um, Nationwide, some slightly nationwide international shows in Canada. Some in Canada. <laughs> international tours. Um, I played a lot He's an internationally touring artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear LA can get a little bougie. Like, what are your... Uh, yeah, I want your guys' two cents. I'm pretty inexperienced with LA. You can speak better to it. We're... So we live, like, a little outside of the bougie. We're, like... Yeah. Like, Valley. Okay. Like, beginning of the Valley Studio City. So it's, like, a little cheaper side... But like still dope, cause it's LA. Mm. It's nice every day. But yeah, of course it gets bougie because <clears throat> there's so many people there. There, especially like the Hollywood area, Beverly Hills area, mm-hmm. gets to be pretty expensive. What do you think? Like, but so be, is New York. Being in NYC versus LA, like, cause it's a whole different vibe up here. Shit is so like bustling here, and I'm I'm inexperienced with LA, so I don't know how they compare. See, like, I don't even know because when I when I come to New York, I feel like 
extra inspired. Mm. Kyle loves New York. Yeah, uh, bro. Are you like a workaholic? I'm a little bit of a workaholic, and it's yeah. nice to be in New York because everyone's fucking going. Yeah, and yeah. if you're if it's they're really going, inspiring. you're going. It's it's super inspiring. But what I've heard from people who live here is that it's like they want to move to LA because there's it's all business here, and the creatives are in LA, which I agree, yeah I do agree with to a certain point. So I think New York for me is like uh, somewhere. I travel to mm-hmm. for now in LA somewhere I live and like very true like work yeah I, mean, I feel creative, that like you can go to the beach you can go to the mountains you can you can go for like a, a coast coastal drive for yeah whatever dude the city so in so New drive. York gets so you get so fucking tired of the city like I've only been here for two and a half months yeah. And I'm from Florida, and I'm here just because right now in my life, I'm like, I need to work hard in New York to get to where I need to get to. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just putting in the work and doing what I have to do. And it's nice to be surrounded by people who feel like it's like that gritty, like, yeah. fuck this, like, let's work. Like, let's grind it out. Because yeah. that's the mindset I'm in right now, but I want to get out of this to a different vibe. Um, but it gets so tiring, like, being in the hustle bustle of the city, like, it's it's nice, but you want to go fuck like upstate New York sounds so nice right now. It's seventy degrees. Quick just, train ride, train ride away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas like in LA, like I hear that. Um, yeah, like you you were saying like beach here, it's mountains there, ride. forest yeah. there, and you can just like. But it's for a different. It's for a different cause. Right. So, in LA, you're like going to like work with these really dope musicians because they're all there. Like, there are no musicians here, but, like, in L.A., there's, like, everyone either comes through or lives there or mm-hmm. has a spot there. Yeah. And you can just, like, meet with them and make music anytime. And the way I'm trying to do this New York show, I'm, like, getting slightly more plugged up with venues here. I'm trying to do more promotion stuff in terms of, like, booking artists for venue, like, mid-sized venues and upcoming independent artists is what I'm trying. I'm, like, slowly finding myself becoming the plug for up here. Um, but How much yeah, that like, is dominated by Live Nation. Uh, just moving on to the next, <laughs> to the next thing. All I'm saying is like I think you're right about LA, and I, th- <laughs> and I think that um, like uh, in New York, people just come up here. You know, like I catch you here for three days, and I'm like, what? Like when are you free? Like come through. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh well, this. I'm free for like this night, and I'm like dope. You know, like that to me is very typical yeah. of, and that's New York. New York is like, when do you have? I feel like three LA, hours. I feel like LA is yeah. like, when do you have? Like you go for like two weeks. Yeah. In New York, you go for like two days. Yeah. LA, you like chill for. But do you feel like you do the same amount of shit in two days in New York that you do in two weeks in LA? No, because it's totally different. Okay. It's like. Yes, meetings-wise, because you can go to, like, four meetings a day, and the time it would take you, like... To drive. To drive to four meetings. Yeah, I hear that the traffic is wild. To drive to, like, one meeting. But but you don't really, like, go to L.A. for meetings. You go to L.A. to, like, make songs, create shit, or whatever it is, and, like, meet those creative people who can, can, like, further your creative business. You think L.A.'s more of a creative hub, whereas New York's more of, like, a business hub? Is that what you say? For me... Yeah. What do you What do you think? So I lived in New York for like four years um, before heading out to SF, and I think 
something I'm learning about all these cities is that whatever you want exists in these places and Facts. it's on you to just like seek it out. Facts. I think for a long time in New York, I was like, oh, everyone's so like business driven and, and like there isn't a strong creative community here. And then I ultimately ended up connecting with um, these guys who hosted these like really cool events and, and mm. it was a big gathering of actually the creative community really in New York. And so that was something that kind of renewed me and, and, yeah. and made me feel a bit more inspired. Were you purposefully trying to look for anything creative out here? Or were you so, like, head down, working hard with the startup shit? Because I me, mean, like, I'm doing this. Yeah. So I have a 9 to 5, and then outside of the 9 to 5, I do the music yeah. blog thing. I manage artists. I'm trying to do, like, a like be this plug between mm-hmm. artists and, and venues. Yeah. And, in that world, you see, like, all the creative shit going on here, but it does totally feel like every, like, there's so much business mind state in yeah. all the things most people are involved in. Yeah. I th- yeah, I mean, I would agree with that generally. I think that, I mean, I can't speak to LA too much, but I feel like in San Francisco, I definitely felt like it was a little devoid of really like the the creative community that I was able to connect with in New York and yeah. part of that is I think just me longing for what I have in New York but uh San Francisco is like a lot of tech yeah to the point where it's like lacking a creative community I mean there it's the city is just so much smaller out there sure which like no one really tells you when you're going to SF it's like oh yeah I'll go to another major city San Francisco is like the city I hear it compared most to is Boston. I'm like, you know, Boston is like, by no means, like a huge. It's a small city. Yeah, what is Boston? I've never been to Boston. Like, explain Boston. Boston's the fucking best. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just that hometown love. Like, it's just like when it. I go, I just know everyone. I know yeah. that, like they got me and I got them. Mm-hmm. It's, but that's just like the difference between that and LA is like when you're in Boston, you have all these people who are from Boston. Right. And these people who like have like a strong connection in Boston because that that's why they're there. And when you're in LA, there's like a million different people who cycle in and out, and like no one really has a strong connection to LA. So if like you're from LA, you're from LA, but it's not like a very it's not like you're loyal to LA. Yeah, that's yeah. I've noticed that. Uh, you don't really have like a, a Boston vibe. I wouldn't expect you to be from. Bo- I'm from Florida, and you just totally have like. You seem like a lot of people I know from Florida. You have like a very chill, beachy type of vibe. Has have people said that to you in Boston or like were you? When at, I'm in Boston, I'm from Boston. <laughs> for real? In what way? What does that mean? Like, what is being no, from Boston like? Celtics harder. I mean. Yeah, you're a big Celtics fan. Yeah, I mean, I I also will tell people, I guess, yeah, I, I'll I'll tell people like what it is, and that's what Boston people do, like. If, you're if, real as fuck. Well, that makes they, you Boston. If they don't fuck with you, they're gonna be like, I don't fuck with you. Mm. And like then move on and you guys will be like, Alright, let's chill. Let's let's set let's There's pros to stuff. that. I I don't fuck with like when it's sly and people talk shit there's behind no, the back. There's no, yeah, there's no yeah, like, there's no fake shit. Yeah. In LA it's a different story because yeah. like it's all fake shit. Right. It's not all fake shit. There's a I don't know, that that there is fake shit in LA and it's really hard to like navigate through it. But there are very real dope people in LA. I heard somewhere somebody some like artist or comedian or musician was like live in the live in the East Coast, like New York type spot until you feel like you're getting too hard. 
and then move to the west and like LA type spot yeah, until you feel like you're getting too soft. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. That's a good quote. I, I feel like that's like how it is. Me and my homie Mike the other day slept in a tent on a bunch of rocks. Bro. Because, because he calls me in the middle of the day. He's like, bro, I've been way too soft all this time. He's from New York. He's, he's from New York. York. Yeah. I'm from Boston. We've got like a bunch of I hear it gets cold as fuck in Boston. Like freezing cold. It gets cold, but I mean... I don't know. I feel like it gets cold at other places. So I mean, sure, the, the North Pole exists. <laughs> yeah, but like Chicago's like... Word, yeah, Chicago's like the coldest Toronto's spot. Chicago's like freezing. Yeah. Boston gets... And then Boston gets pretty fucking cold. I hear that it's like up Boston there with Chicago. Cold. Yeah, I would say Chicago... Chicago's brutal. Chicago's like windy, and which is something so like windy. Boston. Like yeah. Boston will get cold, but it's not... It's pretty cold, but it's not like Chicago cold. It's not like Toronto cold. It's, Word. Yeah. But it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's and cold. then, so, like, is a big part of you living in L.A. Like, fuck, this weather is so nice. Honestly, I get cold in L.A. too. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> cold. Really? It's so damn cold. <laughs> I'm like, dude, shut up. <laughs> He's up in San Francisco. Yeah, like, bro, it's like, my ass it's off. like 45 yeah, degrees like, there. Yeah, like, well, doesn't it get, like... It's different. 60s though, in LA? Like, isn't that the coldest it gets? Nah, like, it gets. It can hit like 45. It'll hit 45 in LA. But that the difference is like there's no humidity. So 45 yeah, is like. No if you're outside in shorts and a t shirt in 45, like, you're cold. <laughs> you're cold anywhere in shorts and a t shirt 45 degrees. <laughs> nah, but like, I had a. I'm, when I grew up in Boston, there's this kid. There's a couple, you know those kids who are just hardos and like just don't wear shorts every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're always a little bit flexing though, don't you think? Yeah. They are, but like, like I'm not cool. Like, yeah. all right, bro. But then they're just like literally not shivering, and you're like, all right, what the fuck? Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, they do like they can pull it off. They can pull it off, but I don't know. I feel like in LA, forty five degrees is like thirty in Boston. You know what I mean with the humidity, mm. because. You know what else I think too though? It's like when you're living in a spot like that, like you're used to. You get used to the shit. Like I'll walk out here in the fifty degrees weather and wear some shit that I would never wear in fifty degrees weather in St. Pete, Tampa Bay area. You know, and I I think like yeah, humidity and things like that play a factor. But I also think it's just a matter of like I've been here for three months when it was like in between seventeen degrees and like tops like. 45, 50 degrees. So now I'm used to, like, if it's 55 degrees, I'm like, oh, it's nice. It's 55. Like, I'm stoked, you know what I mean? I mean, like, I went out in a t-shirt today, like, and it's going to be nighttime when we leave. Yeah, it's gonna, I, you're going to be cold. You're going to be fucked. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I went out in L.A. in a t-shirt at nighttime. That's what I'm saying, yeah. like. Like, you go out with, you bring a coat when you, or a sweatshirt when you go out in L.A. because it gets cold. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know what we were thinking. <laughs> You're rocking a dope little vintage tea over there, though. I don't, I don't. Is that a band, the Couples? Ah, uh, it's a. It's supposed to look like a vintage. It band. looks so like <laughs> it's a brand. <laughs> it looks so like it's from the eighties. I uh, I got the shirt with my mom, and when I was picking it up, she said, "That's spooky." <laughs> <laughs> That's how you she knew you had to buy it. Oh my god, I think it's kind of sweet. <laughs> So you said like take a white <laughs> sharpie and write spooky on the corner <laughs> yeah. of it. Oh no, it's only like sixty right now. This is the first time we've been over to Long Island City, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, technically, this is 
I guess this is technically Long Island City, but this is like Astoria. Okay. And it's just like... Yeah, I was looking like we were in Astoria, but the address was... So this is Queens, but just right next to Manhattan and right next to the tip of Brooklyn. And like, that's kind of why I chose to live here is just because like... Brooklyn is super close. I've actually never seen... Is it talking about the show? Yeah. I've never even seen the show. I don't watch too much TV. I need to watch more like TV shows. I'm like way behind on all the shit. I saw you post on your Instagram. You had a Game of Thrones something yeah. like. It was like the Metro kind. Oh, the Game yeah. of Thrones Metro. I feel like right I here. haven't. I feel like I haven't expressed how into that show I am. You're a big Game of Thrones guy. I fuck with it. It's fucking fire. <laughs> it's just. We saw this come out. We're it's like, a really good fucking show. Oh, this is a show. sick little Metro car. This is baller. How'd you get this? Bought it from the machine. The machine has yeah, throws metro cards. That's how this is That's serious HBO dollars right there. Serious HBO dollars, bro. If you were in a Game of Thrones type shit, would you be like, like a warrior or like a fucking like archer or a wizard? Like, what would you be? I'm gonna have to like choose a character now. See, I don't know Game of Thrones enough, but I would okay. Like I've seen two episodes, so I don't really know. There's are there wizards or is that not a thing? Nah, they're like kind of a couple mystical dudes who like yeah, but like do some weird shit. But yeah. is there like a pirate dude? There's dragons. Kind of yeah. I feel like you've got a little bit of a pirate vibe too. <laughs> Those hoops give them that pirate. Vibe. That's the hoops, bro. Yeah. That Johnny Depp. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, shit. I don't, who, who would I be about? Who would you be, Dad? That's a tough question. This guy's slick, though. This guy's that, like, intelligent business guy. Yeah, low-key, like... <laughs> um, man, who would I be? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really tough question. I don't think anyone can place themselves in, in Game of Thrones. That's, like... It's pretty tough. What? That's pretty tough. Fam- there's different families, right? Like, what family would you be? Or which family would you want to be? I know one of them's Lannister. Everyone wants to be the Starks. Yeah, everyone everyone would the say Starks. the Starks because they're just like the... The, the, the good, good guys. guys. Yeah. The Starks are the bad guys? No, they're the good guys. The Lannisters are the bad guys. Oh, word. That's Although some of them are good, but overall, throughout yeah. the show, they're kind of like... The, you know, you're not a fan of the Lannisters. Yeah. But there are some Lannisters who aren't a fan of the Lannisters. There's some cool Lannisters. Yeah. That's cool. Like there are some Lannisters who kill Lannisters. Sorry for the spoilers. <laughs> you didn't say which Lannister killed which Lannister. Could be Mark, could be Earl. <laughs> it could be Mark. Mark Lannister, one of the, one of the best jesters of the you know third I, decade. Yo, Ed Sheeran made a fucking random ass appearance. I heard about that. I heard about. Is it whack? I feel yeah, like I could be Ed Sheeran. <laughs> that's a that's, I mean. that's a cop out. That's a really? cop out. Pop out for one episode. What is what does he do? Does he play music in it? Literally is with like this group of fucking warriors in the middle of the forest and just like. There's one scene of him just like singing a song. He's singing a song. <laughs> there's some dude who's like a big character and she's like, oh, that's, that's a good, that, you have a good voice. <laughs> is he like, because you need me, man, I don't need you? Yeah, basically. Is he singing like one of his songs or is it some... Nah, it's, it's some shit. He's singing like a folksy, like... Yeah. It was the most uh-huh. random shit. It was so dumb. <laughs> he clearly funny. just was like, yo, HBO, I want to get in this. Did you, kn- did you guys know like... 
before the episode that you were gonna see Ed no. Sheeran, or were no, you it was like pretty jarring? Do you get <laughs> do you get do you get stoned before? Like, were you stoned as shit and watching Ed Sheeran and, and be like? I don't know if I was stoned for that episode. Because I feel like if you're high watching Game of Thrones and, and you, you're like, is that fucking Ed Sheeran? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a funny little yeah. vibe. I feel like though, if I was in the show, I'd be dead already. Uh, if I wasn't dead, I'd die next episode for sure. <laughs> yeah. This is the season. This is the, the series finale here, right? Yeah. The, is everybody uh, dying? I guess I don't want to spoil it. No one's died this season yet. Not yet, but the like but big next battle. Next episode, shit's about to go. There's a there's a big battle. It's like the living versus the battle, dead. Bro. That like, we've been hearing about this battle coming. Winter is coming. For which, the like, entire. Maybe, I've heard we've been winter. hearing that for like seasons and seasons. So and, like it's coming on Sunday. Since literally <laughs> the first season, bro. Yeah. Sunday is winter. Sunday is winter. Yeah. Because, like, I've heard winter is coming. I don't winter know the first thing here. about Game of Thrones. Winter's been it's, here, though. Yeah. We're just preparing. That's whack because I've been in New York and winter is finally fucking over, dude. So they timed it wrong with yeah, New York, I'll tell you that. They should have timed it better. Yeah, dude, what? It's fucking late April and now winter's here? Nah, but they just don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, they're Game of sure. Thrones. It's sure. Game of they Thrones. They can do whatever they want. I think it's going to be, like, the most lit battle scene ever. Probably. Just in cinematography history? Yeah, it's going to be wild. I think my sister was telling me that it took them like 55 days to film like an hour of this. One epic fight? Fuck me, that's ridiculous, bro. Just like on the scale of like Are you guys movies. (laughs) Are you guys big like action movie type dudes? Like, do you watch all the like John Wick, James Bond type shit? I feel like with Casino Royale. Yeah. I like, I mean, I like, I like, I like, I like thrillers more. I'm not an action, are you like a psychological thriller type of guy? Have you seen like Ex Machina? Uh, no, but I hear it's, I, I hear it's the shit. Go watch it. Alright, so I'm going to stop this and we're going <laughs> to Because that, that's like one of my favorite movies. We'll come back in two hours. Two hours. It's dope though. Incredibly dope. See, I'm, I'm, I'm all dope. about those types of movies. Like, yeah. I'm not. I know that Game of Thrones is like the the plot is unreal and like the character development, it's all unbelievable. But like when it comes to movies, like watch this superhero do five backflips. I'm always yeah. like, and eh, like the I've only, seen so many car crashes. The like, like the Avengers movies and shit. Like, yeah, like, I just didn't know if you guys were on that milking it, <laughs> milking oh, yeah, it. Sure. Yeah. It's a three gallon fucking <laughs> milk. Yeah, it's but at like, least at least it's a like, milk truck. But like low key, the Avengers is lit. But low key, what? The Avengers is awesome. Oh, you're a, you're a fan. <laughs> yes, I was trying to figure out. It's like, do you guys fuck with the action movies? No, like, like I don't. But I, <laughs> I do. don't. But the Avengers is lit. It's like <laughs> they're it's an like, exception. Well, for me, it's like I can never stand bad acting, and like that's all Marvel is. So for mostly like all mostly. the Marvel shit, I'm like. Fuck that. But the Avengers just is so epic. Yeah. That, like, I can deal with it. You're saying the acting is so dope that I'll you... watch it and I'll leave and be like, okay, yeah. I'm not mad I saw it. It wasn't the best movie ever, but I'm not mad I saw it. Right, right, right. I'm not like... What, I just Infinity missed. War? Like, I'm gonna watch that shit for sure. Or is that not yet? Right. I don't know. I don't even know the, this. Like, the fi- Have you seen Infinity War? I'm not seen. I'm not gonna lie. I've not seen fucking one of them. I don't See, even like, know... The last movie was just fucking lit. Because it was like, the thing about that shit is like, 
all the superheroes just fucking like come into one movie and then it's just it's like pretty lit. it's just like it's epic cause it's speaking of like the greatest battles ever it's like every fucking superhero in one fucking movie fighting against this unstoppable bad guy who's the bad guy this dude named Thanos how dope Thanos. is Thanos I mean he's pretty lit he's pretty lit I was saw one time like whenever it came out like, a year ago but that's just coming out in like a couple weeks yo this is what's going on with the ice situation we got one more ice tray and it's these so when I moved in they had listen to this they had one fucking ice tray and it's ice cubes shaped like little fish and they're lit. I'm talking. Oh, I'm talking. They're little fish. That's fucking tight. Our landlord's name is Boro, and he's from Croatia, and he doesn't speak too much English. But the I'll say this: the fucking curtains before we came in here were like for sure from 1925, and the ice cube trays are little fish. Boro. Boro. <laughs> he's lit. <laughs> You want to you want to have his ice cubes? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a real trip. Yeah, I'm gonna have to hit the bathroom. Yeah, let's do it. Take a little. Yeah, you stand here. You, you know you have a monologue to the camera. You talk <laughs> oh, yeah, about your life. No. I'm gonna just take a little breather. <laughs> fish cubes. Yeah. These fish cubes. Are you guys trying to finish this whole bottle? Cause I'll finish the whole bottle if you guys will finish the whole bottle. What are you guys? What? We're here. Bro. We're here. <laughs> we're here. We're here. <laughs> Kai, are you super like into meaning with tattoos? What's going on with your hand? Uh, yeah, dude, for sure. Um, no, I mean not really, honestly. <laughs> for sure. Hundred <laughs> percent. Just asked me like, dude, I think I'm gonna get a tattoo tomorrow, <laughs> or like, I think I'm gonna get one right now. <laughs> what do you think? I'm like, I don't know. It's like kind of permanent. You want to think about it? Kind of permanent, bro. <laughs> My tattoos to me are memories. And a lot of the memories are attached to just, like, people in my life. Because, mm. you know, people that come in and come out. And, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of people, like, you're just going to forget about. A lot of things you do that you're just going to forget about. So, like, for example, this one. I mean, obviously, I'm never going to forget this person. But this is from my grandfather. This is a Filipino son. We just went in today. Yeah, just went in today. Had lunch with him. Amazing. Yeah, That's one of the most inspiring people in my entire life. One of the biggest ballers. Yeah. You were with him today in New York, or where were you at? Was yeah. That? He's, he, he lives yeah, here. Yeah, we are That's awesome. That's awesome. We got lunch with him. Um, so yeah, this is a Filipino son, and so there's a couple things like one, like I always remember him when I look at this, and two, I got this on tour, my third tour, and this was in Colorado. So like I'm always gonna remember that place and that place I was in when I got this. So yeah, and That's then like tough. this I got in Utah like four weeks ago. This one I got in LA like two months ago. These my first tattoos. I got these freshman year. Got your like, first tattoos were on your fingers. Ones, yeah. yeah. Well, I, can. I said like, yo, if I'm gonna get tattoos, like, it's for me. So I'm need. I need to get them in a place where like, I don't give a fuck if anyone sees these. Yeah. Because like, it's for me. It's not for anyone else. Like, yeah. I don't care what anyone else thinks. So they gotta be. Your busy. first tattoos are a little bit of like a. This is all about me and my fucking body and fuck your standards. I'm gonna have yeah, my tattoos where I want them. Struggling to figure out what my first tattoo. I knew I wanted tattoos, and I was struggling to figure out what my first tattoo was gonna be. So I went to Panda Express, and I got a fortune cookie. Got a tattoo in the on the, 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 yeah. the back <laughs> of the Panda Express. It's the sad. guy by the dumpster, Julio, got me a tattoo. <laughs> 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 
Found them on Craigslist. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, what, the the fortune cookie. This was meaningful. The fortune cookie said beautiful things ahead, and at that point uh, in my life, I was like, in a, I was just still in school. I was trying to do this music thing, so you know, you never know how things are gonna go. And I was like, you know what? I need that time to me to just always remind me. So I thought of three symbols: a bird, a sun over the mountains, like a sunset, and then an arrow. Beautiful things ahead. Damn. So that's like where it stems from. Everything else. The things you, you symbolize things as a sun over a mountain. Because just like everything. Yeah, that's know? dope. That's deep, you know. To think of things as like a sun behind the mountains. I think a lot of people would think of like a fucking dresser or something. <laughs> you know. Everything. A fish ice cube tray. A fish ice. Boro <laughs> would have that ice cube tray. Sorry, Boro. The fish. The fish tray. Yeah, do you think you're gonna end up as one of those dudes that has is just like yatted the fuck up, like just a bunch on your body? No. No, you don't think so? I'll probably end up like a half sleeve. Yeah, I think I'll probably eventually sleeve this out and then maybe I'll be good. Mm. Done? Mm. Or do you, you feel got like. the shoulder, you got the calf. I'll probably get a neck tattoo. My, uh, dude, I feel like people underestimate how addictive tattoos are. Like, I don't know you. I don't, like, who I knows? Just, I don't really have an addictive personality. I feel like, you. But I do when it comes to, like, no, I have, I have an addictive personality. <laughs> As we're drinking a bottle a of very, Jameson. No, I have a very, um, I stick to, like, my goals and like my opinions mm-hmm. uh, as we already talked about like i don't know the, so the like, more polite word for stubborn like yeah i'm very stubborn yeah yeah, yeah. Stubborn. in a good way though Stands right because like he's like talented and sm- yeah yeah like i'm stubborn towards myself too though so like if i have this like addictiveness inside of me that's like go do more of that i'll be like nah fuck you yeah <laughs> but it's also like when i'm addicted to making music and it's like, go do more of that. Like, I can't say, like, no, fuck you, because it's always a good thing to make more music. Mm. So, like, I am addicted to make music. I'm addicted to, like, some things, but I am able to, like, stop myself from being addicted to the wrong things. Yeah, I heard somewhere that, like, it's impossible to get rid of habits. You just have to replace bad habits with good habits. Mm. And so it's just, like, maybe you have an addictive personality, but you're just addicted to, like, productive, healthy shit, you know? But in terms of tattoos, like... I I love like I have a bunch of them like hidden underneath the the clothing, because like when I was younger I got them and I didn't I was like I don't know what I'm gonna be when I'm an adult like I don't know because I got them young, Um, but I I will say for me I didn't expect myself to like get a a bunch, but now I'm I'm in a place mentally where I'm like I go well I go I I know I'm I'm gonna get something here I'm gonna get this there like. Bro, yeah. mentally, now, I know what I'm going to get on my neck and my hands, you know? Um, so I just, I don't know. Like, you ready to get tatted. I'm ready to get tatted. And I did not think that when I got my first tattoo. But your vibe of, like, as, like more shit enters your life and leaves it. And you feel like you have to, like, symbolize this meaning or this person or this lesson. It, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, we're so young. And, like, as we continue to grow and you get into tattoos at a young age and you become into that habit it's just like god like that crazy thing that just happened i have to like commemorate it somehow and at least that's how it is for me so i don't know like i'm not trying to 
Like, maybe you won't get more tattoos. I have no fucking idea. But all I'm saying for me is, like... <laughs> different vibe for me, for yeah. sure. No, I just see my body as just, like, a canvas. Mm-hmm. Like, everything else in my life. Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> everything is just a canvas. Do you think that you might get to a point where, like, your fan base will want you to go one way and you want to go another way? How do you think you would handle that type of situation? I feel like I've already been there. Like, already? I think we're kind of there right now. Yeah. To a certain extent. Well, I don't know though, because it's not like to me I don't know. That's that's a tough question. I think that like to me, like my fans are the most important thing in my entire career because sure. they make or break everything in my entire life, all my hopes and dreams, and it's just like the fact that people just like fuck with what I'm doing <laughs> is like the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Just like fuck with me for just being me. It's yeah. something like, okay, yeah, I fuck with you too. Because that's just like my entire philosophy on life. Just like, someone fucks with you for being you, then like... Like deeply, like deeply. all of you, like... Then like, how can you not fuck with that person? Totally, totally. At some well level. Said. <laughs> At some yeah, level, well said. I mean, yeah, of course there are like people who like, I don't know. But so some people might be fans of you and then are racist and beat their wife. So maybe, okay, you know yeah. what I mean? Like... You, but that's not like that's a different thing it's like you disagree with their opinions you disagree with how they think about life but you appreciate their appreciation you appreciate, of you yeah exactly yeah. yeah and there is something deep there like I don't think it's just like oh this is a catchy little melody as much as it is like it's your heart and soul that you're putting out into the world and then there's something about that that's like honestly like I think there's something about his heart and soul creatively that's like universally appealing, you know? I think you're hitting that with trust fall, and so I'm excited to see what happens next, but that's why I'm saying shit, like, I'm excited to see what happens. Like, I can see, like, in my head, looking at different artists who are popping, like, I can see your shit getting really big, you know? I appreciate that. Just because... Play some new music after uh, cameras are off. Yeah, <laughs> we got you. I'm stoked. <laughs> um, but it's just so positive, like, genuinely positive, not fake record label forced positive Whoa. you, you just seem you just seem to have a positive attitude a positive outlook on life and it shines through in your music and I think that is what makes it universally appealing I think to me what being positive is is no matter what you're feeling it's still positive so like being sad to me is a positive thing because it like inspires me to write a song mm-hmm. which can move people and make them feel like they're not alone. So like every single thing in my life is a positive thing because I can always use music. That's something music is helping me. I can always use music as something to make it worthwhile, worth me going through. Mm-hmm. So like everything, I just like instead of being like fuck this, I'm gonna do a bunch of drugs and like numb myself. You're like, well, I can take this experience and transmute it into art that people will fuck with, and then it'll help them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's dope. Like, that's because it helps me too. Like when I write a song about something, then it's like the next day when I'm feeling a different way, I can listen back to that and be like, "That me was saying this." Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel that, but like I still feel like I'm less alone than I was because like someone else is feeling that, even though it's me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like you in this moment is not that old you. But the fact that old you was that there's some means some... that there are other people who are feeling that way. 
totally. Even if they can't say. I like how you worded it like that. You know, like they're like there's different versions of yourself depending on like the different emotions you're feeling. And I think like, do you think like being an artist trying to capture all the different emotions is necessary, like that you have in your life? Because I think there's some artists that are one dimensional. You know what I mean? Where they try to just be one certain part of themselves mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then the other parts of themselves that are emotions that don't fit into their brand. They don't want to release music related to it. You know what I'm talking about? I like how you said Definitely. release because I don't believe that like any creative, truly creative person can like hide their emotions from their creations. Mm. Like that's what I think makes your and other artists' creations actually so impactful is when you take a time when you're really feeling and the you, worst you or like the go, most yeah I mean there'll be times where like we'll be on the phone and like I don't know you go through something rough or whatever and I'm like stop talking to me like go go write some music right right it's true yeah but that and I think you're right I think you nailed it like, and like some of the best shit he's written has has come, come from, from those moments those moments where I feel like it's a time when you can actually really push things creatively and and maybe go for a lane that he he normally otherwise wouldn't be like purposefully going for it, trying mm-hmm. to create a pop sound trying to create something that's right trying to fit into the standard instead of the- just go and create something raw that you're feeling and and that's, I think the, that's, where that's in my whenever from. I feel like yeah. that's what's happening it's the dopest shit yeah you know like somebody who's like a real fan of music I think can recognize that type of thing and it's like wow like this is that's, special you. you know but don't you think so like I think I think you're spot on with what you're talking about like that's the beauty of music and it's some weird shit because I think right now in America or like I'll say Western culture everything is really focused on like I mean I don't know I went to college and I have like a college education mm-hmm. and I studied psychology and like in that world everything is so like let's look at the facts and let's look at the numbers and like in the business world it's like let's look at these numbers and yeah. everything works that way and I think that that's how like society has progressed but I think there's this other thing that's like maybe not uh quantifiable but is just like universally true about humanity that like if you're gonna be in a zone that's outside of the part of your brain that's focused on trying to increase the clout of your music career like you you're smart enough to know i need to do this shit to appeal to this audience to do this but then when you create something that's outside of that thinking that's just like this breakup fucking sucks or whatever the thing is you know and then that you release that and everybody fucks with it like i don't think that's a coincidence i think that type of thing happens a lot because there's something like powerful that's universal and it's it's universal because all the people have the same emotions because we're all like the same being i don't know i think uh the next wave of music might Speak a lot to exactly what you're talking about. Floating roots. Truly. I'm trying to Truly. brand. I'm trying to brand <laughs> that, and I see you as being one of those artists. You know, like I'm stoked. I've said this fucking like four times since the camera's been rolling, but yeah, genuinely, like I'm stoked to see what comes next, and like I, 
you know that I'm going to be however however big my audience is going to grow to be. I don't know, but you know I'm always you're always going to have a an outlet to however big floating roots and me gets. Well, so. I'll say from just like an artist's perspective, it takes a lot of confidence in what you're doing to really reach that point of like I'm putting all my my heart and my balls and sure. my entire like soul on this fucking piece of music and then like showing it to everybody I know. <laughs> like that takes a lot of courage it's and nuts. I feel like a it lot does. of people just don't have Because people have parents and like you know, parents, shit like just that. Just like, you know, everybody is so like low key judgmental. And like I feel it too, like when I write a song, so I wrote this song, I broke up my my girlfriend of three years. Um, That's heavy emotion. Four for year, sure. four months ago. And I wrote Damn. this song and before I even played it for anybody, I didn't even play it for him or like any of my best friends in LA, like I literally kept that for myself. I sent it to her like the day after we broke up and then I just didn't talk to her for like a couple months. Um, and I didn't play it for anybody because, like, it was just way too, like, I couldn't express myself like that. And it took me a little bit, but obviously, like, I trust him more than anybody, and I had to, like, show him at some point, and, mm. I mean... He, he was just he like... Put it it's out. incredible, yeah, I think it'll... <laughs> I think, hopefully, we'll hear it 2019, so... Yeah. That's we'll awesome. See. Everyone, sure, listening. but but yeah, like, I couldn't even show it to him, so like that shows. Like, I remember knowing it, that wow. we were talking that night, and you told me you were gonna go right, and I was, <laughs> I was waiting for him to come to me with it because I knew it was something that that I also was, wrote uh, over and over that night. But did I, wrote, you really? I wrote the guitar part, and then yeah. I tried to like get in on the lyrics and yeah. like, in the vocals, I just like wasn't feeling it because it just wasn't a lot, yeah. What's the name of the song? Thank you. <sighs> Working title right now. Yeah. <laughs> Working title, but that's a sick name for a song that expresses those emotions. That touches on what I'm saying. Like, what a positive outlook to like name the song something along the, along the lines of like, thank you for an experience like that. You know, because like other artists might name it like. Cold, cold hearted, <laughs> or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. that's really cool. That that makes me like, just be in full support. Like, that's what Floating Roots stands for. You know, like I try to promote music that's, um, from the heart and genuine, and tries to have a positive outlook on life. You know, like I I've been through some rough shit in terms of like my life, and what's gotten me through it, is just like music and keeping a positive outlook, like staying. Uh, motivated, like finding motivation, inspiration, and I've found that through music. And so, like for me, ultimately, like what I want my life to be about is like music. And when I find artists who seem to exist in that vibe, I just like any way that I can help is like what I feel like my purpose is as a, a human being on some cheesy deep shit you know dude we'd be nothing without outlets like you so yeah for real. well fucking i would yeah. be nothing without teams like you guys <laughs> yeah, yeah. so cheers <laughs> cheers <laughs> oh, yeah. totally cheers man 
Yeah, we'll show you, we'll show you thank you after this one, I think. Yeah. We'd love to get your input on that one. I would love to hear it. I'm, like, yeah. geeking internally about <laughs> it. <laughs> Alright, we should have the camera. <laughs> it's been a... Dude, this has been going on for an hour and 25 minutes. That's wild, man. It's been fun. Yeah, that's great. Dude, yeah, there's something about, like, this this situation. I want to get more art on the walls. Feel that. Please do that. Like, bro, and... I only send you a Kai poster that you can throw up in here. I'll throw up. But it's not even like, it's not even for like us. It's more for just like the vibe. The vibe. vibe. Totally. I know. But like the the vibe is here. Get some hang some Christmas lights in here. That'll instantly take the vibe. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs like art is gonna complement the vibe though. The right art is gonna complement the vibe, and I have multiple people who fuck with it who are like, I also do art, and I'll throw you some art, and I'm just like. Send it over because, because <laughs> like in New York, if you want to get into dope art, it's like you like this, and I'll be like, yeah, and they'll be like, this is two thousand five hundred dollars, and I'll be like, oh well, that's not Dude, big enough to fill my entire like. Get a canvas and paint it yourself. I'm not visually <laughs> talented as an as an artist, bro. Enough. If you painted it, then it's like it's yours. You just shit what it looks like. That's what that's something I've realized. Nah, that that's not me. That's not me. I don't think I'm full creative. Like you're, I think you're full creative. I guess. I think I'm fifty percent. I think I'm. I'll paint something. Yeah, paint something. Wait, let me show you. Yo, so me and my homies have been painting. <laughs> Dope. That's you, hilarious. You no joke. <laughs> I painted this picture the other day. It's baller. That's yeah. super baller. I don't know how you have the, the like line the lines do that. I like how this I like how this line stops as it intersects perpendicularly to this one. Mm-hmm. You but can't like I was, but I was just yeah. I don't know if that's a good enough like zoom. But no, that's killer. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this little BFA. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Dude, like my homie just needed a new a new picture and he's like, yo, let's let's paint it. Yeah. And we just did it. Make some colors. I've not been too uh, assertive with me like the people who be like, yeah, dude, like like I've had p- artists come through who like shout out Ari Kai, her friend is like does a bunch of art and he was here and he was like, Yeah, like I'll send you shit. But I was not very like Send it to me. I just yeah. kind of like moved on. But if I feel like if I did do that, he would bring it up. Cause like, yeah, sure. We were drinking and smoking. Like, it's always this vibe. You build this room around people who come through here. That'd be cool. That is a good idea. That's what I should do. Instead of like buying shit. That's what I should do. Or I'll spend money on it. I don't know what your landlord is about, but you should just let them like drown the walls. <laughs> Sign the walls. I don't think Croatian Boro rolls <laughs> like yeah, that, bro. Boro, Boro, Boro. <laughs> it's not really Boro's way of being. That was like a suggestion to get me a Sharpie and let me sign the wall. Dude, I will say one of my best friends in, in high school, um, like the first time I smoked weed, I'm not going to say his name now because... But the first time I smoked weed, and then the first time I tripped shrooms, first time I tripped, not the first time I tripped acid, but just like one of those types of friends you had, um, like his mom just let him have this one room to him and his brother, and they had white walls like this, and she owned the house, and his older brother was like five years older than me, and so he'd been doing this shit before like I came through, but there was so much art from him and his friends who some of them were like really talented artists and some of them were just goofballs and like, it was just a room like this, but there was like 
an unbelievably gorgeous graffiti style like gorilla here and then like Finn from Adventure Time there and then like Patrick Darcy is the coolest motherfucker like written there you know like but the whole, all the walls were filled like that but, like, think about and it was such up, a dope vibe like up in that environment I spent you can just like fucking do what you do on the walls. Dude, I spent a lot of time growing up. I spent a lot of time growing up in that room and it was like the coolest room to like hang out and listen to music and experience drugs and like... as you grow up and get taller, you can get higher. Facts, facts. Dude, that's something that would be dope as like a parent to like watch because it would get like more Damn, that's more. a good idea. You know what I'm saying? Leave your kid in a I'm white walls <laughs> room. Goddamn. That's it. Yeah. I like, just a room like this. You yeah. Just like make a small room in your yeah. house. Yeah. Just make a room. But like it can't just be a... <laughs> make a room. <laughs> Construct a room first though. You got to get your three-year-old to... Make a room. You want you want to draw on the walls, Timmy? Make a fucking room for us. Walls or so. Are you guys into comedy at all? Like, yeah. which comedy seller here? Do we have some fire comedy shows in New York City? Comedy yeah, you know, yeah. Premier venue. Definitely would highly recommend. Comedy seller, yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been, I've been only once, and I've been to Broadway. I don't have you been to. I forget even what the fuck it's called, like Broadway Comedy Theater or something. Comedy Cellar is obviously like the spot. I've been there only once. I don't. I mean, again, I haven't been here for too long. Yeah. But. The pro tip: what I would do is I would just. Uh, Comedy Cellar is very chill about you canceling reservations or just not showing up because then they can release them to mm. people who just like walk in because they have a ton of people who try to do that. And so I would just go on and just book reservations for their like late show which is where like a lot of the big famous right. will come through uh it's usually like 11 30 on like a weeknight so kind of late yeah but if you can get over there for it just like book it several weeks out and keep this shit low-key man but pro tip for anyone watching <laughs> you uh, or listening you uh you just book as many nights as you can out and then just show up when you can and yeah, no, that sounds like the move. Um, I think the reason why we, like, me and my, so my roommate was, like, my best friend in college, and I moved up here doing the music thing. He wanted to be a comedian. We moved out here to, like, to do that. So that's where he's been very, like, let's go to this show, let's go to that, da 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 And, like, he wanted so to be... the Mecca. <laughs> Say again? That's the Mecca. Oh, 100%, 100%. But so we've been to a lot of like Broadway theater, which is like the like minor league to mm-hmm. the comedy seller. I think because he's been almost like nervous about how big of a step. Yeah. Just even showing up there because like he's been socializing and networking at Broadway comedy theater and then being like, I don't know, like I might, I might run into Ray Romano or like <laughs> shit like that. Right. So it's just like, whatever, like I'm not going to press it, but that's. Definitely pro tip for the 7 million viewers we got. That's what you want, though. To run into That is what you want. But if, if you're mentally... When, right, when, like, you're, when you're ready for it, you want it. Yeah. Mentally, I'm ready to walk into whoever. You know? That's how I feel about my shit. But if somebody feels like in their shit, like I'm not ready to run into whoever, like... I feel like you should respect that. You know? Yeah, I feel that. You know what I mean? It does take time. Yeah. It takes time. Really does. Facts. I I mean, 
like mentally I'm ready for whatever, but I want to have more money to fund. I want to have more like, I want to have the art on the walls here. You know what I mean? To have like the dream guest or yeah. whatever, but mentally I'm ready to but like sit here and kick really it. fully ready for that? No, like I'm ready for it. Was what like, I'm saying is like, am I ever gonna be ready to meet Kanye? No. Is that your? Is that your? What's your dream? No, it's not. It's not. What is your dream feature? Or He's like, dead. <laughs> Bob Marley. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Uh, right now, like, I don't know, John Mayer probably. John Mayer would be sick. Like, I just want to like meet that dude. Mm-hmm. Just fucking help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's dope. Artistic guy. genius. Yeah. And just like one of the greatest guitar players, comedic genius, like just like fucking homie. Yeah, yeah. Up. Good dude. Songwriting genius. Just one of the realest dudes out there. He's very real. Like yeah, yeah, I feel like that would just like be very inspiring to me. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's, I don't know. I don't really have. I guess yeah. Bob Marley, but he's passed away. Bob Marley, but he's passed. Um, most of the people who like I really would want to meet our past away. Mm-hmm. Anderson Pack. I've come close <sighs> he's to He's sick. I work in the same studio as him. I just like have never crossed paths with him, but he's fucking crazy. If you do, what's your move? Like how do you <laughs> Shit, I just would like Just, just be real. I just say what's up and right. then like play it like if I got the chance playing some songs and I'll be fucking I feel like you can't not be real. Like you're just any move you make is very like what's good, I'm Kai, like Whereas, like, for me, I'm very, like, analytical, business-oriented. Like, how do I approach this situation? Like, put my brim low and think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas I feel like you're very just, like, that's good. Like, I'm just accepting of the situation that comes my way. Mm-hmm. That's just how I think. Just like, way to put it. Yeah. That's very just, true also. Yeah, just, like... Incredibly true. Whatever happens, I just go with it. And then play plays out. Yeah, I feel like that is the, like, stereotypical artist, you know? Like, the stereotypical yeah. creative. That's me. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little drunk, but you guys really seem to be the fucking, like, ideal, like, artist management type of situation where, like... Good combo. I think so. Like, looking at how you present yourself and how he presents himself, just, like... It seems like an artist and a manager. Totally. I'm glad. That's good. <laughs> good time. Uh, good time. Yeah. I'm glad. That's uh, a good year. No, very dope. Very dope. Dude, it's, I, I, I mentioned that as a vintage shirt because like I got into like last week I got into buying vintage thrift shit and started reselling. Dude, hell yeah. Are either of you into that? Like... Vintage clothing, like yeah. shit like that. I would never resell. I just that, but that's just. I just mean in terms of like, oh, like this fucking Cypress Hill nineteen ninety four shirt. Not is that dope. I wouldn't resell. It's like I just like don't have the mental capacity to like keep something so clean and like ready to go and mm. like find a buyer, go through selling it. That's just like not on my agenda. I really love that. finding. But I love it. It's just fun. I yeah. love vintage shit. I went to Notre Dame, so I'm a big fan of their whole football program and everything. And one of the favorite activities as a student and still today is just going to the local thrift stores there and seeing what 
vintage fire yeah, you fire. can cop. I've yeah, got, yeah. I've got I think a nineteen ninety three cotton bowl like snow glow like zip up that is one of my proudest finds oh. that and, uh, and you just a, you, you wear it every now and then I wear or it like every do now and again to games and I've also got like a how many compliments are you getting when you wear that <laughs> like <laughs> so funny but then the the real showstopper is this like button up cardigan sweater that is from the 50 year anniversary of the class of like 1938 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Too much, even like See, that's old almost school. over the top. That's old school. 1938. <laughs> it, might, it may have been in the 40s, but it was the. It was I wonder the 50 what the. Year. I'm not into it enough to know what the price of it is, but like. That oh, dude, I paid nothing for it. I paid 15 I know, but I'm just, bucks. But that's the dope <laughs> shit about getting into this. Yeah. Is I'll walk into a thrift store and every now and then I'll be like. Like, walking up to some guy who's ran this thrift store who, like, has no fucking idea about what this piece of clothing is. (laughs) And being like, I just really like thrift stores, man. My name's Bobby. And him being like, okay, okay. And me leaving with, like, a $2 thing and being like, oh, my God, this is worth $350. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that thing sounds like it might be worth... I have I don't know. It's only worth I, what someone's willing to pay, but who knows? Geez. There's someone from the class of 1941 who like lost theirs in a fire and like wants nothing more than to have that sweater back, and maybe I'll find that. Or there's just like but. some weird vintage collector in fucking Omaha. Yeah. Who is hard right now thinking about it? You yeah. know what I mean? Like <laughs> on the opposite spectrum, there's in LA. Just like stores on stores on stores of, of doing who are selling like shit that's like not worth more than like five cents for like for like hundreds of dollars. Eighty bucks, a hundred yeah. bucks, two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks. And you're like, why is this like kind of shitty like holes in it, Looney Tunes <laughs> shirt? Yeah. Worth three hundred fifty dollars. Like, right. This is whack. That. I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna leave. <laughs> yeah. I feel that though. No, you're right. Like, uh, do there's you, such a spectrum. Do there's either of you have a Netflix subscription? Yeah. So you know. I don't have my own, but I'm rich. Same. <laughs> 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 that dope little family fucking. Yeah. Fist pound. But <laughs> Slobby Robbie, you know who that is? No. This dude has this Netflix documentary series on like he was like the dude to popularize the whole like vintage resell shit like him and his crew will like go to Tucson Arizona thrift stores and and buy like I don't know you it know sounds like storage wars where you find that just it is but it's swag you find it's it's storage wars with swag you know and this guy's like what up I'm Slobby Robbie <laughs> Slobby Robbie Slobby <laughs> he's like that like take that one home. <laughs> Bro. My, dad's, my dad's name is Rob. So it's cool. No, dude, please type in, please type in, bro, Kai, type in Robbie's oh World on, on Netflix when you're with your dad. Rob, dude. <laughs> no, hold up. I want to pull up, I want to pull up the, uh, I want to pull up the trailer because you're going to laugh so hard at, you're going to laugh at like how slobby Robbie <laughs> <laughs> Bro, hold on. Bobby Robbie trailer. Uh, 
He's the fucking mogul. He's the Kanye West of the vintage clothing game. Yeah, I love it. I see the being a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sloppy Robbie, man. Incredible. No, he's dope. It's so, it's so funny. And like, in the, in the Netflix series, he'll have like a moment where he'll be like, you can tell this is a bootleg Gucci because when you look at the stitching, you can clearly tell like he's like over over the top yeah, with it. Yeah. But he'll be very like goofy with it too. You know, like he's super intelligent, but he's very like you see this you see this wonky ass da da da, and he'll be like, you know, I'm like I don't know, bro. Like, it's just funny as fuck. Like he's. You should, you should definitely show your dad the shit if his name's Rob. Because that's, that's cool. That's coming home. Bobby, Bobby. fucking Robbie, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're definitely calling John McLean. Slobby Robbie. Yo, I think I'm going to end this right now. And we're going to go Let's and listen it. to the music because we're pretty much done with all Let's the... Do it. Let's do it. All the alcohol. Peace out, Peace.